Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Yoga Journeys, a podcast focused on sharing and celebrating inspiring stories of transformation through the practice of yoga. I am your host, Katherine Kennedy. This podcast came about after having experienced my own transformation, growth, and healing through my yoga practice. I wanted to share these life-changing tools with others, so I became a yoga teacher after several years of training. Throughout my years of teaching and practicing, I've talked with many other practitioners and teachers and have heard so many of the same stories over and over again and wanted to create this platform for sharing those stories. So here we are. My guest today is Amelia of Amelia Aglow, a dear friend of mine who I met at yoga teacher training through Shiva Shakti's School of Yoga and Healing Arts. On her website, she asks you to unsubscribe from normal when you become intolerant of cookie cutter living. She works with people to help them learn simple, effective, and fun ways to get back in touch with themselves by learning or relearning how to move, laugh, swear, receive, slow the F down, listen to your body, give yourself more of what you really need, play, and breathe. She explains that the side effects of working with her include but are not limited to more room to breathe, less pain and more joy, an overwhelming sense of wonder and lightness in your body, and on occasion, a strange desire to wear a unitard. I'm inspired already and hope you are too. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. So my story begins when I was born. I was born to two 15-year-olds, and they were not well-equipped to have a child. So I was put up for adoption when I was three days old, and I was adopted into a great family. I was an only child, and all of my needs were met. But as I got older, especially into my early teenage years, I had a lot of anxiety and depression and I just started to experience a lot of these like PTSD symptoms, but I had no idea what was happening at the time. It was, I had total trauma response. And about the time I was 12, I was on vacation with my parents and we were at at Atatash at a hotel and there was a yoga program going on for kids. And so I went begrudgingly because I was a moody preteen and I (laughs) the teacher there had these silly shorts on that I just couldn't quite get on board with they were like these weird balloon shorts and he was this weird guy that I just I don't know I judged the crap out of him and I was really not into the class until the end when we did a headstand, which was really fun. But I walked away being like, this was really weird. I don't like yoga. It's stupid. I don't like, it wasn't like an ideal first experience by any means. And then I got my period on the way home from that trip. And that was when my PTSD was triggered. And so I went through all of this darkness as a teenager, not really knowing who I was, having a lot of questions and struggles, just, yeah, really not knowing who I was. And when I got to college and I was having all these relationship issues with roommates and my boyfriend, and I just wasn't really having a good time. And I decided that it was probably time to get some help and go to therapy. So I started seeing a therapist. 
see if I can back up that story just a little bit. So one pivotal moment throughout teenage years, when I was 17, I met my birth mom, which was helpful, but it wasn't the end all to the situation. I wasn't like, oh, I'm cured because I know my mom now. It was like, oh, I know someone that I look like, so I could identify with a person and, you know, see that she was okay and I was okay and we're going to be okay. So she gave me my first yoga DVD that was this woman in a unitard teaching yoga conditioning for weight loss. And I used it for my anxiety and depression. I was not trying to lose weight. I was especially skinny at the time. And it just helped me to feel connected in my mind and body. And I felt better about myself. And I was no longer feeling like I had this ridiculous trauma response, even though I still had no idea what that was at the time. I just didn't feel like I was having this like dissociation. So yoga started to pull me out of that. And I just continued to practice because I really liked it. And I liked the Unitard lady. She was my virtual friend. And so I graduated from college with an art degree into a recession, and I just didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And my mom happened to suggest that I should maybe try yoga teacher training because that's like the hot new thing to do. (laughs) And so I did it. I went to a training in Florida that was near where my boyfriend was at the time, and I did a 200-hour Kripalu training, and it was really lovely. I started to learn more about why I was connecting my mind and my body and my breath and like what was happening in these poses, but I didn't necessarily think that I was going to teach, although I tried pretty hard to. But after that, I sort of spiraled around and traveled around a bunch and I wouldn't say that I was (laughs) in the best condition to be a yoga teacher or a guide to some people, but I tried a little bit and then I ended up moving to Portland, Maine which is now my home, where I decided I was going to go to massage school. I learned about Thai yoga massage, and it was awesome. And I, so I, I, I do this thing where I get really interested in stuff, and so I go down rabbit holes. So I did Thai yoga massage, and then I went to massage school, and then I went to polarity school because I learned about polarity in school. And so I, I just got really into this stuff, and that was probably when I was born a training junkie. Um, but then shortly after that... <laughs> I became unexpectedly pregnant and PTSD was triggered again. So I went through my entire pregnancy feeling trauma response and this time being a bit more aware of something that something wasn't right and like what's happening, but not quite having my bearings and feeling really terrible that I wasn't really doing any yoga, but it would make me sick. So I just was practicing being present with myself, which I wouldn't have been able to do without knowing about yoga. So I survived my pregnancy, had a honeymoon phase with my daughter. And then as she started to get older, I realized that I was going to need more skills than what I had. So I kind of just signed myself up for an advanced yoga teacher training in hopes that I would learn something, not necessarily that I wanted to teach again. And my favorite part of the, or my favorite module of the advanced training was the pranayama and meditation training because it helped me have skills that didn't involve me getting up in the morning and having this very specific asana practice for like an hour and a half, like we sometimes think we should, which is most people don't have that kind of practice. But so that was like a, that was a moment, a a moment for me that I realized that I, I did have skills and 
I didn't have to do a ton of practice all day to be this enlightened yogi or whatever we're supposed to be. <laughs> and so uh, one of the final trainings I did was a Bhakti Yoga and Bhagavad Gita intensive where we learned about chanting. And chanting has been a really huge help to me, especially when I start to feel anxious or I don't know, anything less than decent. So I tend to use that oftentimes in the car, chanting to Shiva, especially when, I mean, you drive a car, you know that that's not the best experience in life. It's, there's all sorts of intensities that happen in a car. So chanting really helps me with that. And then, you know, once I get to the where I'm going, especially if I'm really feeling off about teaching, chanting is what centers me. So that's most of my story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing that, Amelia. I know before we started our chat today for the podcast, you mentioned you are in a yoga therapy training program, and I would love for you to talk about your yoga therapy work and how that is helping to inform your own practice, as well as how it's helping to inform your work as you move forward as a practitioner. So as an adoptee, I, I've gone down this rabbit hole of interest and learning all about the trauma of adoption and how it's really affects people, or maybe it doesn't, maybe we're hiding it, that we even have this experience that could have been traumatic. I have found through yoga that it is helpful to practice the many different forms of yoga to heal from any trauma, really. But specifically, I would love to work with adoptees and helping them to connect with their breath and their body and, you know, just helping them name their trauma so that they can start to dig deeper into who they are and find answers and uh, tools that help comfort them if something comes up. So it's not just this like, well, I have trauma. Ah, here I am flapping around in my trauma field. So I intend to use, you know, the body and the breath and meditation for adoptees. Yeah. Awesome. You are going to be an amazing resource to so many people who have had similar journeys and stories. Going back to something we talked about before the podcast, you mentioned some of the yoga therapy work is concentrated on the vagus nerve, and we've seen so much about that recently. Could you talk a bit about the vagus nerve? So the vagus nerve, I was actually talking to my good friend, Mackie Page, who is also a yogi, body worker, therapist person, geek, training junkie, whatever you want to call us. And she happened to mention polyvagal theory in conversation at one point. And I was like, well, what's that? And she's like, you just, you got to check it out. Like, I think it'll be your jam. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'll look into this. And you know, I, anytime I see numbers specifically like three or five or seven or nine, anything that sort of works within like numerology and the yoga field, I'm always like, well, huh, what's that about? Like, what's the three about? And as a polarity therapist, like we have the positive, the negative and the neutral. And so I was like, oh, this is, this must be related to this. And so learning about the gunas in yoga, we learned about the sattvic state, that's masic and the rajasic, and that's essentially the same thing. And that also relates over to the vagus nerve, which we're trying to get into ventral vagal state, which is that playful sattvic, I'm 
having a nice time. I'm calm. I feel good state. And so I plan to incorporate that work with what I already do. And I just, I like the polyvagal theory because we aren't, we already know about it in yoga. It's already something they've talked about for thousands of years, but now we have this sort of modern science spin on it that backs up the claims of what we were doing with the breath and with chanting and movement and play and laughter and, you know, anything that gets <laughs> the the breath or the the vocal box to sort of tone the vagus nerve is is beneficial to it so that we're not up in this anxious state or down in this depressive state we're right in the middle in the happy place the sweet spot so building on that could you talk a bit about how trauma is stored in the body and how you help yourself and others release that through the work that you do well so I haven't had a ton of experience of just talking directly about trauma because I find that a lot of people don't want to talk about their trauma. Like I actually have it in my intake form. Like, do you have any trauma? Would you like to share? And they're usually like left blank, but especially as a body worker, I have found that, you know, oftentimes people will have this, this knot in their back and I'll be like, Oh, what do you think about that? We end up talking a lot during sessions. You know, I don't make people talk to me, but with intrigue. I'm like, what's this about? And oftentimes a knot in the back is like someone that someone is fighting with or anything like that. So if we're storing just like things that are happening in the now that aren't even traumatic, like imagine what we're holding on to that's deeper. Like I, it was probably 10 years into my yoga journey and people always talk about like, oh, like hip openers, they'll make you cry. And I was like, I've never had that experience. And I was really struggling. I really, really suck at wide-legged forward folds. Like I just don't really get anywhere in that pose. And I went to my teacher one day and I was like, why can't I do this pose? Like I really suck at it. And he's like, what if you just like add some cushioning and some bolsters to it? And like, just, just see what comes up with it. So I tried that and it was in a yin pose and I, the floodgates went open and I just lost my shit. <laughs> so, you know, they say that our issues are in the tissues uh, and that's within the body, you know, like we talk about reflexology and myofascial connections. We store the issues in our tissues. So we have learned that through fascia and what is actually going on there, which is such an interesting field, that we have all different kinds of cells in our fascia. So like every organ, like we have liver cells in our fascia, we have lung cells in our fascia. We have little bits of every other bit in our body within there. And we also work with the concepts of reflexology and acupressure, acupuncture, like why couldn't those things be exchanged in a certain part of your body? So if you have something held into your hips, like maybe that's something that's going on with your uterus and your body's actually trying to tell you something, but it's just got a little bit of a mixed message because it's coming out in one little tiny uterine cell in your hip. So that's kind of a screwy way to present it, but I think you might get the gist of the connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting way of, of presenting it. But yeah, I, d I do get that. And can you link that back to like the chakra systems and or the pranic body? Just a little bit more information on, on how those things integrate 
with the idea of the issues in your tissues? I had asked my teacher about this when we were learning about the pranic body in my yoga therapy training, and he happened to present unintentionally that we were working on the fascia while we were working on the pranic body. Just They just sort of mixed unintentionally, and I was like, wait a minute, like, the pranic body is within the fascia. So essentially, like our fascia is like our, our final frontier of that pranamaya kosha. That's like the fascia is essentially like that's our pranamaya kosha right there. That's the sheath. That's the line. And then you just go into Wu land and, you know, there's all sorts of electrical impulses and thunderstorms that happen. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. Could you also mention where you are getting your yoga therapy training from? And how long is that going to take you to finish up? It's through Breathing Deeply, which they are generally an online format. And then we have retreats, which are that is at a retreat center, but I would say that it's quite intensive as far as the uh, learning and practicing goes. We are we are in it to win it for eight days, and it's it's some heavy stuff, but it's also amazing. So I have up to seven years to finish, <laughs> and this is my first year, so I'm hoping within the next like two or three years I'll be done, but I'm also trying to take a pretty slow path with it because I want to be able to integrate, and I've also got this business that's really like three different businesses rolled into one, so I'm trying to balance all of the things while still retaining this amazing information so that I can actually help people. Awesome. That's really exciting and totally understandable in terms of your timing, for sure. You also mentioned you had multiple businesses, three businesses in one. I know yoga therapy and massage therapy. Did you want to talk a little bit about the third piece? Um, So another thing that I'm working with is uh, circus arts and how to connect uh, yoga therapy with circus arts and make sort of my own weird mesh of therapeutics from that to help people. It's a similar, you know, myofascial connection thing that we do through movement therapy. So I would love to be able to share that with the world. (laughs) (laughs) That's so exciting. Congratulations. I'm really excited to see where that takes you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. And like always, you are welcome to come back and at any time to share more of your story and news about where you're heading after this. So uh, we look forward to having you again, hopefully sometime soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode of Yoga Journeys, inspiring stories of transformation, growth, and healing. We'll have another episode ready for you soon, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful day.